0: Exactly right Lakers fans quote don't give a damn about what you've done before when you become a Laker you've got to do it with them as well well you have done it LeBron what does it mean to you um, it means a lot it means a lot to represent this franchise um, Jeannie I told Jeannie when I came here that uh, I was going to put this franchise back in a position where it belongs um, her late great father did it for so many years and she just you know, took it on after that and for me to be a part of such a historical franchise is a, it's an unbelievable feeling, not only for myself, but for my teammates, for the organization, for the coaches, for the trainers, everybody that's here. Um, we just want our respect. Rob wants his respect. Coach Vogel wants his respect. Our organization wants their respect. Laker Nation wants their respect. And I want my damn respect, too. Woo! Well there you go folks, you heard it from King James himself, he wants his damn respect. My name is Ryan, welcome to Happy Hour with Ryan, I'm your host. Episode 21, let's get kicked off with some pre-show headlines. Uh, so as you just heard, Lakers winning in six over the Miami Heat, uh, LeBron 4th NBA title, 4th NBA P in the finals, Trails, MJ by two in those respective categories there. Uh and Laker Nation did it for Kobe and Gianna. And and I, when, when Kobe passed away, I said, you know, this season's gonna be very special. And and uh many people said that. And sure enough, that happened. Um respect, respect, respect. Uh I was listening to Radio Station, the buzz here last uh week. And they're talking about LeBron just commending him on what a great person as far as he is in the community. And you know, as a young kid having the camera in your face and with social media and we know how that is nowadays. He has done really well uh, as a person. Um you know, I think at one point his house got vandalized um and they had you know, racial epithets, you know, painted or, or you know, drawn on the walls. And he was trying to explain to his kids what was going on. And so many haters out there have thrown curveballs. But, you know, he's been a bigger person. And uh, like he said before, he told a Republican uh, correspondent with Fox News who told him to shut up and dribble. He said, no, I mean too much of the community. And that's great when you can respond back. In a way that, you know, you know people are going to hate you more uh, for doing it, and he's doing a great job of it. And uh, I think that's maybe the difference in him and Michael Jordan. I know Michael was kind of silent about the politics and, uh, and you know, maybe about the injustices or whatnot in the 90s. He just kind of played basketball, was a business person now, and LeBron's kind of bringing more to the forefront you know, he's a stand-up guy, and he's standing up for the community, and I think that's awesome. And uh, so that's why I think he deserves respect in in that aspect there. So, yeah, Lakers now tied Boston for the most championships at 17. So it's going to be interesting in and uh foreseeable future. Uh, maybe the season might get kicked off by Martin Luther King in January. Not sure. But, man, with all the Lakers, what they went through – uh, you had preseason playing in China. That was up in the air. Commissioner David Stern passes away. Then Kobe passes away. And then the season's on verge of getting canceled via the pandemic. And for the association and the league to put together just an awesome NBA bubble, uh, some very competitive games I haven't seen in years. It was really good to see that. And so it culminates with Miami and Lakers in the finals. So uh, I think the the fans were definitely – definitely um, entertained uh, to say the least there and uh, I said I would uh, mention this on the podcast so Lost 40 Brewery Company is actually uh, collaborating with Fireway Brewery and Loblawty Creamery which is an ice cream uh, place here in Little Rock they're going to introduce and release a Rainbow Connection Sherbert Ale, which sounds amazing. Uh, raspberry lime pineapple concoction with uh, lactose milk sugar, if you will. Uh, just sounds so refreshing. And I was like, man, that'd be definitely go good in the summer. But nonetheless, uh, you can definitely pick it up next uh, weekend, Saturday, October 24th. Uh, be available at four packs at both locations. Uh, stay tuned. More more release information. They just posted this on their Instagram and Facebook page. Of course, Lost Forty in our backyard here, 501 South Bird Street. Well, I know you guys ready for our guest for this week. Uh, his name is Derek Van Vos, who is from De Queen, Arkansas, where I actually graduated uh, from. Uh, great individual. His story is very powerful and moving. Uh hope you guys tune in and soak up some information as I did last night when we did the podcast over Zoom. Um, and I learned and that's a goal of my podcast, learn about these individuals, where they come from and how they're beneficial to the community, which is which is really cool now. And uh, if you don't know, De Queen, Arkansas is 62 miles north of Texarkana and about 45, 50 miles south of Mena. You know, many people heard of Mena. So have you ever been through there? Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's where I went to school. But anyway, he's a champion on the field. But what he does off the field, uh, feeding families in the hundreds, you know, is really awesome. And he's running for city council ward four there in Springdale. So uh, hopefully he brings us some change up there in the Northwest Arkansas area, which has been needing for some time now. So hopefully he gets that done soon in the election. So without further ado, uh, Coach V, Derek Van Vos, is this week's guest. Episode 21 on Happy Hour with Ryan. Enjoy, folks. All right. So we got Coach V on. What's going on, man? Nothing
1: much, Ryan. How you doing, man?
0: Man, doing great. Doing great, man. So, uh, I, man, I, I love your story, man. Interesting, intriguing. Um, a lot of things I didn't know. Uh, kind of tell our listeners, um, like a little bit about your background, where you grew up. Uh, I, I know a little bit about your story, but kind of, kind of paint a picture for us, if you will.
1: Okay. Um, I was born in Queen, Arkansas, uh, to biracial family. My my dad, if I'm not mistaken, and I, I think he was in prison. Uh, when I was born, and not sure where mom was at the time, uh, and it it, it, it was kind of rough. I was born with health issues, and mm-hmm. and I stayed in the hospital for a very long time until my lungs developed. After that, I lived with my grandma, and it was just me and my grandma for a long time. And like I've, I've told the story, it seemed like a thousand times with with her life and finances and some problems we had at her house. A lot of times we slept in the hospital parking lot. And Mm. and just just, I don't know. I mean, we we just made it. We just made it. And I think the the biggest thing, and I I try to talk about with people is growing up with no value. You know, not only was I biracial at a time where it was unheard of, you know. But even at the church, it was hard to church for me. And, you know, for the white people I was black Mm -hmm. to the black people a lot of times I wasn't black enough and so and then I used to catch you know heck from both of them for being biracial but at the time I had my grandma and and over time you know people began to accept me for who I was but with with poverty and things and having no self-value I I would get you know go to McDonald's and get that dumpster there I used to get the monopoly pieces that would be thrown away that would have free burgers and stuff on them.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I, I remember getting those for food and stuff. So, I mean, really nothing nothing different than a lot of other people who go through poverty and who go through um, just have you know food insecurities, just stuff like that. Uh, you know, and your basic racism in, the, in a small southern town, but but. Like so many people go through, you know, I wasn't a Mm -hmm. victim. That's just what people go through. And Mm -hmm. for me, those were all blessings. And I think all of our blessings are blessings as well as curses when you believe. So even though it was a terrible time for me as a kid, it blessed me in a million ways because it made me humble, you know, and it made me have compassion and common courtesy, humanity, gratitude, awareness, you know, stuff like that.
0: Yeah, and, and I think that that's made you the man you are today because uh, I think without certain values, you, you know, m- maybe you have a better understanding. You, you know, you see people maybe struggling, you, you know, and, you know, you're a coach and a teacher. So, uh, g- growing up in Dequeen, uh did you have a teacher that made an impact um, and then, you, you know, you eventually later got into football? Um, what kind of um, – transpired that those things to happen there
1: you know ron that's a great question i had tons of teachers but there was one karen trammell you know karen trammell uh really seen something in me that i didn't see in myself and i think if anything i carry that mold to this day on um Every day I think about that, right? Yeah. So, when I talk to people, I have this unique ability. And I'm able to see things in people, especially young adults, that they can't see in themselves. Right. Kind of what Primal did for me. And a lot of times people come in with, hey, like, oh, you think you're special or, you know, you got, you know, you think this and this. But really didn't realize if I had a choice, I'd be a surgeon or an attorney or something like that that makes a lot of money. Yeah. It's not. If I had a choice of my of my blessings or the things I'm naturally good at, it wouldn't have been that. I'll be honest with you. I enjoy it and I'm happy for it. But I'd have been a high powered attorney or yeah, you know, some uh, surgeon or something, right? So yeah, it, it, but Karen Trammell did that. Football, football was just my way of. Okay, we talked about self value a little bit, right? We talked about finding that and how important that is. Well, no one cared about me. You got to understand. I had family members, uh, my aunts and uncles, who had to stay with her, and they liked me, right? But I was—I don't think I was ever—not not intentionally, but you know—they had their own kids to deal with. They had, you know, I, I know my family cared about me, but my distant family. But I was more of a burden. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Uh, it totally makes a lot. Own,
3: yeah, that makes a they lot of sense.
1: Their own issue. They were struggling herself, right? So when I was around, it's another mouth to feed, and there was nothing that came with me. You know, I didn't have a check, I didn't have a money, I didn't have insurance. You know, nothing came. with So when I stayed with you, I was just another burden. So I was accepted, but I don't really feel I was valued. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. So my time was short wherever I went. But with with that being said, you know, I was cared for, but at the same time, I wasn't valued. But what you find out in football is. When you score a touchdown or you make a play or, you know, there's an interception or something, there is lots of people that go through emotions. The Mm -hmm. entire stadium goes through emotions. And then you get positive attention, period. Mm -hmm. And so I think for sports, that was a way to get attention but make people proud of me, make people love me, to make, make people see me as equal for the first time in my life. So, I just continue to do that a lot. You know, you score a touchdown, a lot of people get happy. You win games, a lot of people get happy. It and then to know that the same streets you used to walk, because you didn't have a car or you were homeless at, you go by the old TJs, and I'm sure it's not there anymore. No. You...
0: <laughs> it's defunct now, I think. <laughs>
1: yeah, well, I'm sure there's not much to say since I was there. But Right. And you, you go by the newspaper stand, and your face is there.
3: hmm
2: You
1: know? Which to me, what people don't understand around here, around, the, you know, this city is almost the second biggest city in the state, mm-hmm. my face is everywhere. Everywhere. Yeah. it's uh, so the irony of all that is you went for somebody who was never really wanted, but accepted, and now you have a group of community, maybe even this entire state, maybe in this country that needs a leader. And and I'm the guy for a lot of people. And, and that's so crazy, but so far-fetched. It's, it, 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 but it's real, you know? so to me it's surreal and i told my son the other day my my son was telling me dad it's so cool everywhere we go you know people drive around and count signs of you and see your face and all that that's the coolest thing ever and i remember thinking to myself dog just when i was your age i was in a dumpster man Mm -hmm. so but football was i guess to answer that question football was just my way of Expressing myself because people think football builds character, Ron, But I'll tell you, football don't build character, it reveals character, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Yeah, and I think football just showed who I was, uh, as, as a person, wrong, right, and different, you know, good or bad. So, football was my way out, That's why I use football. So, man, uh,
0: 1998, uh, kind of take us through, were you guys, um, and I really didn't read a lot of magazines, football magazines, were you guys like okay before the season um uh, set up to even win the conference get in the playoffs win state what were the projections Um uh, because y'all had you know i know justin powell great running back um you eric pierce quarterback um man so many key pieces for, for that magical run kind of take us through did, did you guys the senior leadership like like Kind of take us through how that was in the locker room and, and you guys felt like that was the year to make it to state.
1: Yeah. It, it wasn't about leadership so much mm-hmm. as it about it was real. And, and, and you, know, winning, you know, I've been a part of 13, 13 championships, and I'm not sure if that's mm-hmm. even been close to it. Yeah. I mean, I don't think it's even close, man, you know, anybody close to that. Uh, but I think that team was special because it was that small-town bond we grew up together playing football. Uh, I remember being in the second grade. You know the football games. We'd go and and we would we would play before the games. All the same kids. There's Tommy, Brian, Justin, me, and we had been yeah. together. I mean, we went to kindergarten together, first grade together, and we played every day. And honestly, I, I, it wasn't about a senior leadership. It was like that's who we were. And you got to understand that junior high class, never, they would never lost a game ever. Right. We never lost our first game until we got in the 10th grade, I think, and, you know, going into the playoffs, whatever. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. We never lost a game. Never come close. And and looking back on it, had we just finished the journey, it, uh, which I'm glad we lost <laughs> because – because yeah. – I mean, really, I, I hate yeah. that. It's selfish, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But had, had I won that ring – you know, it, I, I think it would have killed my fire, it would have driven me. You know, now mm-hmm. I'm in the American Football Hall of Fame, uh, the NAFL Hall of Fame. So uh, for me, it's caused me to flourish, right? Does mm-hmm. that make, I guess does that make sense? And it makes sense. It left something undone. Mm-hmm. And, and on, in that day at War Memorial Stadium, it shows what happens when you don't finish and when you, you don't prepare well. And um and you don't perform well. So when I coach now these seven eight schools at the higher level, wherever it's it's the three p's. you know, uh uh you know that i that I live by the three p's. It's prepare, prepare, perform. Mm-hmm. Prepare, prepare, perform. Gotcha. All right? We didn't prepare and you see you here prepares twice because it's very important. Yeah. And we didn't perform. We got beat by a team. It wasn't quite as good as us. And Not only did we not hit our forty-five points that we averaged and give up zero, mm-hmm. we we gave up twenty-six and didn't, and didn't score any. Mm. And but but to me that was a life lesson. It sucks, man. It sucks. But it was a life lesson that that's it's it's fueled me to everything I do, went run, running for office, coaching, being a dad, man, preparations everything, and then you got to perform.
0: Yeah, it does. And that that like you said, a test two. You know, I remember uh, one of my high school coaches. My senior year, you, you know, it's like one of those things. You know, you're getting ready for, for a job or interview. They're gonna say, you know, look at, you know, Ryan White or Derek Van Vos or whoever it is, you know, and look what they did, you know, and right. they're they're gonna, you know, they're gonna, you know, your past, you know, coaches, teachers. Well, yeah, I highly, kind of like a highly recommendation type of deal. Uh, they're going to recommend you because um, not necessarily your accolades, but, you know, uh, who you are as a person. Like I said, your values, um, mm-hmm. you know, amongst many other things. Um, so take us through. So college is next on the horizon. Is that correct?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. Now, did, you went to Tech, right? Arkansas Tech? Well, I went to University of first. Okay. okay. All right.
1: And what, what a
0: lot
1: of people don't know about me is uh, – I have the first stage of CTE, hmm. which is, you know, that's from head trauma. Right. You know, from football. and I didn't really know that until I mean, I still did. I didn't know that for a while, but I knew when I got to the university. I struggled like early on with the summer courses I had. I mean, I struggled tremendously, and so my grade. I mean, I was it was terrible. Right. I mean, yeah. I was taking tests and getting twelves and and. I, Something wasn't right. And I remember mm-hmm. thinking, man, college is too hard. But I remember I had the same problems going into my junior and senior year at De Queen. looking back on it because I think maybe some concussions I had gotten um, going back to maybe my 10th grade year that, you know, we played through. And so I had severe learning disability. So I ended up having to go to Tech, and which I don't regret that at all. I enjoyed it. And then once I got my grades up and you know, we won the championship there too. Oh wow. Uh, so okay. yeah, yeah, and, and the first year was there. So I ended up transferring back to the Bay and finishing there. But it was because of my learning disability and, and by then the leave No Student behind that came in, right? So the timing was perfect. So I got the help I needed and shown that it would, there was nothing really wrong with me. I just had a learning disability. So um but after that I got my grades up and ended up Making the all, like I made the all, SEC team a couple times, and academic all academic team several times like that. And then I'm getting my master's, and now working toward my PhD. It, it, it it's just, it's just, I don't know, um, I don't know consistency. I mean, yeah. I'm not very smart when it comes to books at all. I mean, I'm, I'm barely a smart person at all. <laughs> it's just, just you know, just continue to hack away, man. You just got to continue to hack away, and yeah. not listen to other people. Okay, mm-hmm. you know, I was never supposed to graduate high school. All right. I was never supposed to do all these things because everybody says this and this and this but the bottom line is they just didn't know me mm-hmm. you know what I mean because no, nobody can speak for somebody else you know what I mean I can speak for you Ryan but right, it, no matter what I say you you can either show me you can prove me right mm-hmm. or prove me wrong you know what I mean yeah. you can't ever speak on somebody's character
0: That's <laughs> true Yeah, man, that's definitely true there. And and I saw that there's a a photo floating around of you and and Houston Nut. Uh, How how was it playing for Coach uh, Houston Nut?
1: Man, I tell you, that's a blessing in itself. Again, it's one of those people that go through your life at the right time that you meet. And um, God sent. It's a God sent. It's one of those things is, you know, I tell people all the time, I'm I'm not very religious anymore, but I'm extremely spiritual. Mm -hmm. And I still believe in God. Right. You know, and I used to be so so upset all the time that you know God cheated me bad. I mean, God didn't give me a family. God didn't do this. I was poor. Mm-hmm. Blah blah blah. Pity me, mm-hmm.
2: right?
1: And then uh, God, you know, you're always there. Where were you? Where were you? And I think I was in I was at U of A, and we were reading a book, and um, I'm pretty sure it was U of A, and it was your book kind of like with the the footprints in the sand type thing you know Mm -hmm. and it it was like I was always there you just didn't know it and I'm thinking whatever not in my life I can prove this wrong you know and and I just started I just started peeling back those layers man and you can put them all in order you know there were stepping stones in my life even though I was alone first off my grandma was always you know within arms distance away if needed be but you, you look people when you look at Karen
3: Trammell, man. Mm-hmm. You look at then Eric and Cheryl Vogan, Yeah, the Bogan family
1: took me in and showed me, and then you you, you passed me on to Coach Nutt. and then uh, from Coach Nutt, even even that with the academic stuff, and I ended up having to go to, to Tech. It was Phyllis Neal, and so many people. You know, it's, it takes a village, right? It, it, it really does. does. They're, they're, yep. they're and mm-hmm. then you go from you go from Phyllis Neal to Houston Nutt. you know, and Houston Nut taught me so much. And, and I and I tell you this, and I, I tell you what he taught me. Do you know, either he's the best politician in the world,
3: <laughs> yeah,
1: or, or he's truly genuine loving human being. Do you know he treated me as good, if not better, than every single player on that team? Wow! And to this day, like that. Mm-hmm. And then there's more people in my life, life as life evolves for me. And there's so many more. It's almost unfair to even say anybody's name because I'm going to leave so many people out. Mm -hmm. But what Houston taught me was the little values of life, and he didn't teach me that. I watched him do those things. Mm -hmm. And I watched how he treated me. I watched how he made me feel. I watched how he would carry Tootsie Rolls around his pocket. And I'll be like, damn, Houston, you love Tootsie Rolls? No, he said, no, I don't like them. I don't like them at all. He said, but Frank Broz does. Mm -hmm. And I was like, "Oh, <laughs>
3: yeah, yeah." Mm-hmm.
1: And you know, he, he was smooth, man. It was smooth, and um, I think of a story when we were at Ole Miss, we went to Ole Miss, you know, and we we're doing a camp in Ole Miss, and and we had to clear the field. This little kid runs out on the field. right? Ryan's the cutest thing ever. Mm-hmm. Everybody holds their breath. Like, oh gosh, when you see H out there. When H clears the field, everybody clears the field. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're not even on the, you're not even on the whites, you know. This little kid runs out there and he he walks up to that little kid and I'm thinking, oh boy, somebody finna get in trouble. <laughs> he, he he grabs his shorts kind of and coach, coach bends out on one knee and he ties the little kid's shoes. He had a little shoe untied. Wow. And he tied the kid's shoe. Now that story don't mean nothing if I just tell you that. Yeah. But if you see it and you see the genius you know that he's a man. and He's a good dude. No matter what people say about him. His character and action show. He wasn't he wasn't doing that for a camera. And then he, he patted a little boy on the head, said something to him, the boy ran off. Those kind of actions, I watched people and, and I learned a lot. So yeah, he, Houston was a big deal. His big influence for me, man. And just his character, he was and how he made people feel. How he made people feel once they left. Whether it was fake or real, when you left the conversation with him, he made you feel valued, and that's and that's one of the biggest values I take with me every day right now. That I want every single person that I that I come in contact with to feel valued. You know what I mean? I don't want anybody to to never ever feel valued. And Right? I want you to think of something,
3: man. Mm-hmm.
1: Let me tell you something, and you listen to what I'm about to say. Okay. Do you know that you could go with the remainder of your life and never be rude or disrespectful for somebody for the remainder of your life? There is nothing that anybody could do to make you,
3: make you have to be rude or ugly or disrespectful to people. You know that?
1: Uh, I 110% agree. That, mm-hmm. when, and when you think about that, that's what a lot of... I get a lot of hate mail and stuff. I get a lot of nasty stuff, and I don't know if you follow it all up on something. I mean, yeah. it, it terrifies people to see a man of color to be confident and polite and... Because you can't stop that man, and, and it's, it's like what they did with Dr. King, right? Mm-hmm. You have a they have a massive following, <clears throat> and how do you break that up? Well, you 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 do what they call assassination of a character, right? You start making up stuff about them to make people that follow them look, you know, think they're bad, and make them divide and conquer. It's like the devil does in the Bible. They've talking about you divide. exactly, yeah, and you can conquer people, right? Mm-hmm. So when you see especially a man of color and i'm not trying to make it a race thing but right. especially a man of color mm-hmm. who, who is caring about people and they're making a difference they're not talking about it they're feeding thousands of people on the weekends or clothing thousands of people on the weekend right they come from humble beginnings they're strong inside you can't break them physically or mentally but yet they're polite and caring to people it scares people man it really does And some i mean people people are terrified of that I live my life by being polite and and caring to people because I'm never, I don't ever have to be rude or mean to anybody. If I do, it's
0: on me. Yeah. And I kind of want to add a few points there. Uh, like you're saying, and a lot of people, and I've said this before, um, people hated Dr. King was bringing people together. And like you were saying communities and and, and that's what, and, and you always hear that's what they don't want to see. You always hear that quote unquote statement. Um, and like you said, man, the Nuts wildly regard as as, as champions in the community. And that's kind of what the, my podcast is about, you know, getting to know your community, uh, becoming one community as a whole and, and what you do giving back. And uh, like you were saying, Houston nut, uh tying the little kids shoe, shoes, you know, uh, I saw this on Friday Night Lights, the TV show. I believe it was second season. Character is who you are when no one is watching. Uh-huh. And I got to thinking, you, you know, hey, you, you got to set the example, you, you know, in your community and everything. Um, c- kind of take us through, but before we get into, uh, you know, you running uh, for city council, uh, how was it uh, winning the state championship with, uh, with Fayetteville Bulldogs, am I correct? Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, there was Fayetteville. Mm-hmm. I mean,
1: and I, and on 7 8 level, the first one was... The first one was different You know Weird man Because You know The last time I was there Was The hardest time of my life You know I think on the cover of the paper It's got me laying on the field Crying Oh wow Okay But it never goes away You Uh know what I mean But Um I really felt like I was You know I was gonna curse the game For whatever reason So Mm -hmm. I was scared to death But Once we had Jumped out on top And we had you know, we we got under control. I never really took a breath until the end. I think we we're up by three scores. I put the clock running down, and I still I could, I remember I finally took that exhale, and I grabbed Coach Patton, and he hugged me, and I'm thinking, man, if you only knew that that burden, that monkey, has been taken off my back. Yeah, you know what I mean. And um, I could breathe easy at that point. But after that, we just kept winning, and everywhere I go, you know, I'm blessed to be a part of. Uh, Team that wins, you know what I mean. So, mm-hmm. you know, even the track, you know, I won it every, everywhere I went, and you know, several. And you got understand, it wasn't nothing I did as a player; I lost. You know? Yeah. <laughs> as a coach, uh-huh. I was a part of winning, and it, so it wasn't about the the game plan so much, Ryan, as it was the buy in from the kids, and 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 I think that's just leadership. I think that's leadership. People say, well, he gets lucky where he goes. Well, maybe that too. But also, too, I, I like to believe a lot of it's buy in. And once you can get people to follow you, just like we talked about a good leader, then you can convince those people to give it their all. And once you get them to give it all, you got that community effort. Then, I mean, you're extremely powerful. So, um, winning the first one for me was the monkey, a monkey off my back, and then doing the impossible, we went back to back. We did that. And then I think we ended up going four and Got four and five years and you know, and lost one, and then it, 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 again, it was the kids, it was the kids, and I was just a part of it, man. And uh, but but once that monkey was off my back, I think I just
0: relaxed, and after that, I just I got lucky, it just kept and kept going, yeah, man. Because and you kind of in some sense, um, I mean, the first person that comes to mind, like your story a little bit, becoming a champion and becoming a champion of the community is LeBron James. Because we know his story, you know, and and, and tell you tr- and I mean they were even talking on the radio the other day. Grew up, you know, first person that comes to mind. I mean, he grew up with social media, you know. Um, I mean, if and no matter what people say about him, his character, because he's never been in, involved in anything bad or anything. And right. that young, uh, his camera's been in his face since he was a teenager. Yeah. And it's crazy. I was thinking about that. I said, you know what? They're right. You you know, and and for him and what he's done, uh, the schools he started, it's just unbelievable. Um, Mm Kind of take us through. So now, lean to this last little segment. We'll spend a little bit of time on it. Um, You wanting to run there in Springdale. And I have, and and I don't know if many people, and not so much my podcast to an extent because it's about you, but I have kind of mixed feelings mainly about Fayetteville just the treatment like and again like you said don't want to make it about race but i feel like it needs to be brought up um right. cuz i've had you know maybe one thing really particular um you know getting looked at and not getting invited um you know i'm in a i was in a fraternity and me and uh three friends came up to a a uh a football game and we had a friend there fraternity a brother said hey anytime you guys are here and they saw look at us as black american two jewish guys and asian and they didn't even let us in you know a guy came out and said i apologize and they just looked at us and wearing our letters they just didn't believe it um i just don't know if anybody could maybe convince me like okay well i may take an interest you know like in Fayetteville, cause now Springdale, different story. I do like that play, you know, up there. But um, it's just very interesting. This Fayetteville's had had a history, uh, you know, a, a bad rap. Um, can you take us anything you went through, and then now, like you said, you're now running for city council mm-hmm. to make to make a difference? Cause I feel like what I'm getting at with that long little bit of a story there. Wanna see some change like different, different you know, different something different, because I feel yeah. like it's just one norm up there, you know, to an extent right. in N W A if you will. Right.
1: Okay, well let me let me go ahead and start by saying this. Um uh, when I started running for office, I'll go I'll go this point. Yeah.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: I said, I'm going to do it my way, Mm -hmm. and I'm not doing it for a vote. I'm doing it because I care about people, and I think we've gotten to the point uh, where it's obvious uh, we need leaders that care about people, not votes. And I was made fun of, you're not going to get one vote. I'm like, well, hell, I'm not a politician, so okay. Yeah, I'll go back and do what I'm doing. I mean, it's okay, but I want to bring issues to the table when I come, right? Mm-hmm. So I look up now, and there's 2,800 people of color that have not registered to vote. Mm-hmm. And what you realize is is that only 7% of the country vote, from my understanding, from what the research, I you know, mm-hmm. and that if you don't play this cookie-cutter game, then you're not going to get a piece of the 7%. But what my game planning was and my strategy was was that if i do it the right way i'm gonna roll this dice and i won't need any of those seven percent there'll be people that see me as in, in, you know imperfection in me right because i'm mm-hmm. not perfect but i believe there's imperfection in true perfection meaning um the perfect candidate's going to have flaws yeah but you can relate to him so when people see me and they hear my country accent and they, they, you know, they see I'm a little rough around the edges but I pull no punches. I call it how I see it. If I'm wrong, I'll apologize. Mm-hmm. But what that's done is it's opened a whole new door of people coming out to vote. Because now you have somebody that looks like you. Mm-hmm. They have some similar background in you. I mean, he, he didn't, I didn't have parents really. You know, I was bouncing around the home Yeah, I was in a dumpster, right? So yeah. I can relate with that guy. You know what I mean, and so you see people registering to vote for the first time at fifty years old, people of color. You know, and so you open a new way. So with all that being said, to say this, I am who I am because I'm not going to sugarcoat it for you, and if you need me to, I'm not. Hell yeah, he was he was a racist deal. There's racism. It's huge now, more than ever. Yeah, probably worse. It's not worse, it's always been there. Well, now people are comfortable, for whatever reason, to come out and it be completely racist. Mm-hmm. And that hurts a lot of people's feelings, but I don't feel I needed to to ease you into hurting your feelings when we have to live our lives like that daily. You're tired of hearing about it. We're tired of living like that, all right? And I had an issue. The, 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 the three podcasts, or the, well, the two meetings, and the Zoom I had before this one was the same thing. One of them was like, hey, man, be a little light on people because they didn't mean to be racist. So you know, and my staff's telling me how to answer questions. So now, not only that, Ron, I've got to to answer a ways not to offend racists, mm. or, or or you know, hurts people's feelings. Like, so now you even going to tell me how to respond to racism? And then it's like, well, don't call it out when well, you see it because you heard people speak it. But hey, man, but it's not it's not how they treated you at the door, my man. Mm-hmm. It's not the plate that they, the trash and the things they throw in my yard that scared me. Mm-hmm. The N-word, that, that don't, man, that's not, look, man. Right. You got creative. That yeah. don't hurt me anymore. Yeah, I'm educated. Exactly. Past that. Mm-hmm. I mean, I laugh my way all the way to the bank. You talk about how ghetto I am, but I got more degrees than the thermometer. That's fine, too, right? Mm-hmm. But my point is, with all that, brother, is what bothers me is that it's the unconscious bias racism. Is that you understand what I'm saying?
0: Oh, totally. Mm-hmm.
1: Meaning, it's it's not when you call me that. It's when the first black ever is on the ballot, almost second biggest city in the state of Arkansas, and everything is going wrong. Like for the first time ever, they're doing background checks on candidates, and it's only me. So when you find your background check and you, there's nothing on it, but then you want to add stuff, you want to make stuff. I'm like, okay, that's fine. Are we doing that for everybody? No, it's the first time we've ever did this for anybody. Well, why are you doing it for me?
3: Yeah.
1: And then and then the question that I'm asked at a city council meeting, dog, is city council things, right? How do I feel about Black Lives Matter? Well, man, that's a, that's a, that's a, I mean, that's, that's a racist question to ask the first African American, right? How do you feel about uh, gun rights? Like all these things.
0: They're trying to throw stuff out, yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, it, how do I feel about abortion? Mm-hmm. And stuff like that, man. Those are things that you're using to just to be ugly, like that. There's no good answer to, okay? Um, those are all racist things that people are like. I don't know why you're saying it's a racist deal. Well, how how do you feel about defunding the police? Why don't you ask me that? Why don't you ask me that on this podium when I have no I have no pool over that? You mm-hmm. see what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it's, it's stuff like that. It's being one of the winningest coaches, but never seen as maybe a head coach. Just being, you know, the director of football operations, but not quite good enough to be a head coach. You know, you win yep. everywhere you go, but
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know, I mean really head coach, you really want to do that coach. I mean you do really good at where you're at, right? Yeah. Uh trying to keep maybe like somebody that.
0: down and not right. letting them fulfill their whole potential. Yeah. yeah. Right. It's mm-hmm.
1: it's 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 about me speaking my mind without a criminal record, but then I'm aggressive and I'm scary. Well, wait a minute, I'm just I'm just being me. I'm no nonsense, but yet I'm aggressive, right? Does that make sense? Right. That's what I'm talking about, the unconscious bias of racism. You know what I mean? The fact that the first conversation we have with people sometimes, the first thing that comes out of your mouth is, I'm not racist. So then what what you about to say? Yeah. You know, what, what, are you, what are you about to say? The fact that they say, hey, man, if you just start telling your mom telling people your mom's white, it'll help you with this campaign. Like, what the hell? When I got to start doing that? What is that? Why does it matter what color my mama is? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's the unconscious bias rounds, I think, that really set us back. It's not people calling you the N word, man. Right. It's not. I mean, I would prefer that. You hear I me? Mean? I want all your listeners to hear. Yeah. I would prefer you calling me the N word than make up nasty stuff that my kid has to answer this court. It's not true.
2: Mm-hmm. You know?
1: Um, to, to, to make me out to be a criminal when I'm not. You see? I would let you just call me that and know I'm not giving you a vote and then moving on rather than trying to get me to lose my career to get my business shut down stuff like that hmm. i mean that's that's where i'm at so yes man you were you are being discriminated against it's very big in yeah. our society it's yeah. getting bigger mm-hmm. and the only way we can fight it is to is to, to for office right and come together and, and not be divided like they want us to be people wants to be they want to be divided but but you know just as much as there are bad people out there I'll be honest with you. There's to every bad person. I said there's a thousand good people. The problem is good people don't don't get in the mud and walk with the pigs, so to speak. So they'll just take the high road and be gone. But it mm-hmm. leaves you a lot of times fighting evilness by yourself when yeah.
0: you found out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and, and that's the thing because I've seen and, and we've seen a surge of people online. Uh, somebody personally to me uh, had to kind of you know ostracize them out of my life for for you know because. You know, it's just left and right. And this has brought a lot of people out because, you know, this pandemic in a way has shown a lot of people who, you know, what their true colors are. Um, And somebody I love, Greg Popovich, he tells it like it is. He's like, you were saying, it needs to be brought up. It needs to be talked about because it's not, it's not. And until we do, you know, we seem like we're just, we're just going around in circles.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: And I just you know, don't understand, you know.
1: You know, God, this is what a guy told me the other day. And it, it's crazy, man. And like I told you, I was eating out the same dumps in the same town you grew up in. Mm-hmm. All right? And I say that a lot because that's one of the hardest things I have to say. Yeah. You know, it, 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 but, but I want people to understand out there that I'm approachable. You know, I mean, I, I'm, a, I'm, a love, I mean I'm very approachable. So don't be ashamed. You know, talk to me. All right? But... I heard somebody say it the other day, "Dude, you're going to be our president in this country one day." Ron, you know, I started laughing. I said, <laughs> "Boy, you're so stupid." I said, "I don't even like politics. I'm anti-politics." Yeah. He said, "That's going to make you the next president." Mm-hmm. And I said, well, "What you mean?" He said, "Well, you know, they already talking about you run for state senator. Now, yeah, I'm going to run for state. So you've got a massive following, right? This guy looks me up." Ron, you know, I'm the number one, number one review politician in the state of Arkansas right now. Number one. Wow. Over over the governor, over the senator. And if it's it's not about race, bro, what is it? Yeah. I mean, I'm not a politician, man. Mm. I mean, what makes me special? I'm running for city council in a big city, yes. But what makes, if it wasn't my race, what's so special? Nobody's even cared about a city council ever in any city. Mm-hmm. and this one I'm the number one project. so with the following I got like when I drop a video you know I don't know if you've seen some of my videos but I have yeah. you know, 20,000 views man and shared five, 600 times nobody does. that's Trump numbers man yeah it is and yeah. so when you start looking at that it's like well you got followings and young kids are starting to vote and I'm bringing awareness right mm-hmm. and people don't realize in this city between your track and football teams are so big so the last Twelve years I've coached. there has been not what, what three thousand kids I've coached, and now they're all voters' age, right? Mm-hmm. Well, I'm 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 a I'm a I'm a, I'm a, I'm a black African American man
2: right. from
1: the south. Right. So could not be a great state senator, right? I mean, I mean, I, I'm not going to be bought out. I'm going to fight for the people, you know. So I think well, that's, that, that's doable. But president, I started laughing. <laughs> so I, I got some friends coming over one night, right? Mm-hmm. And. They said, hey, we're gonna come over to this debate. So I've never in my life watched a debate. I mm-hmm. hate politics. Yeah. I said one more time. I hate politics. <laughs> okay? So I'm watching this debate. So i I just I just clicked on it to see how much more it's got. hmm How much more time is left in this dang debate? Right. And when I clicked on that debate, what I seen was two clowns. <laughs> The first thing I said was, "Is this I mean I'm not thick look. I don't care who you vote for I don't care. But I remember thinking, "Are these the two best options we got in this entire country?" Now, one was way worse than the other, but still, these are the two best options in our entire country. There you go. And that moment hit me. Man, I could be a president. Yeah. and and, and dog, if you think about it, that's really what this country's about. Mm -hmm. And if you go back to the grassroots of why people are kneeling, why people feel like, because it it ends with liberty and justice for all. Mm -hmm. And if you think about how the presidency was set up, if you think about how society was set up and how it was written, that if we did everything like we were supposed to be, these things for people of color, they don't seem unreachable, right? It seems realistic. Right, mm-hmm. and if people and people said, well, if you're ever going to be a president, you have to be like Barack, you got to speak well, you got to go to Ivy League school when again, only a few percent of our country vote, yeah. because even though I admire Barack, I look up to Barack
3: mm-hmm.
1: yeah. i'm I'm not Barack, mm-hmm. I'm me, yeah, I'm more like you,
3: exactly you'
1: know, like, Barack. Mm-hmm. you see what I'm saying, mm-hmm. and uh. So I'm not I'm not going off that tangent like I'm gonna be present. I'm just telling you the realistic part of life is is that we have to break that mold. We have to we have to be able to have those difficult conversations and be ourselves because if we be ourselves and treat people as 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 brothers and sisters and not only, you know, put up with them, but you know, embrace them and care about them, then the then life is endless. You know, for for people, especially people of color, we have we have no no limits, right? Yeah. And I think that's what people are so mad about, man. They're not being listened to. They're not being heard. The rights are not being bought. You know, and and we, we're done with that. And I think people are just so done with that that when they see a, a guy like me running for office, like, man, hey, I, I could do this. Mm-hmm. I mean, this guy's he's, he's not perfect, and I'm not. Mm-hmm. I didn't graduate from Ivy League school, and and so. We have to be able to have those conversations. We have to be able to be realistic with people. We have to be able to just be us. And, and if, you, if you say something that hurts my feelings and I, and I don't answer it back the way you feel was appropriate, well, then, hey, you, should be, you shouldn't try to hurt my feelings in the first place. Yeah. You know what I
3: mean? Yeah, yeah.
1: You, you shouldn't be ugly with people. Don't, don't tell me how to react for somebody being nasty with me, you know? Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know. I, I think how we change this country, man, is like what you're doing. Mm-hmm. You, you got your podcast, you know. You get you got whatever you do, and I admire you for that, man. You're you're a freaking awesome, dude. For that, I mean, um, you know, we we got to find the importance of voting. We got we got to back each other, man. Uh, we got to reach one, teach one, you know. And, yeah. and you're changing the world, you know. You might you might not feel like it, mm-hmm. but you're a black man trying to make a difference. So instead of a young black man who's going to see you in the future they're going to see you doing what you're doing Think I can do that. Because if we don't do stuff like that, if we don't start making some type of different change, the only thing, especially young black boys and girls see is D-boys, drug dealers, you know, rappers and ball players. You that's know why? All. Because that's the only thing that has success. Mm-hmm. So what we have to do is be successful without being those things and then all of a sudden that's what they can be, right? So you're changing the world. I'm changing the world by just running and, and showing that, exposing racism, exposing corruption, exposing those things. And, it's not easy, but I mean, hell, what else do I got to do, right?
0: <laughs> yeah, hey, hey, that's true, man. Yeah, and, and I've been seeing some of the um, things like it's amazing because I was thinking, well, if I were to run for something, people would dig up all kind of stuff on me. They would be, right. and, and it's just I was just like, wow. And, and people don't even give that. Let you know, people don't even give other people a chance. Still, uh-huh. and this is twenty twenty, and it's just like we're past that stuff and it's just so crazy all, all this stuff just asinized stuff just coming out and, and it's just and then just you're just scratching your head because i share your posts as far as like i know what you're doing and i appreciate those compliments like i know what you're doing in the community i wish i was even near um the only thing really i can do is share put out this podcast we did tonight but bring you know awareness of what you're doing and say hey like you were saying this is the best option we got. There's other people. Give other people a chance, you know, and because you never know, you never know.
1: Well, Ron, let me let me tell you, something. what what you just said was was that it would dig up your past. Mm-hmm. And what I'm telling you on on a on a, on a lower level of politics, they don't dig in the past. Mm-hmm. See What I'm saying. Mm-hmm. But what I just talked to you about about the system, the systemic racism, right? It's unconscious bias is that what people don't realize is if people of color in the south it's easy to have a past mm-hmm. but let me explain something to you buddy there's a reason why a windshield in a car is so big and the rear view is so small because what's in front of you is mm-hmm. way more important way more important that many times more important than what's behind you
3: Here right go. Yeah.
1: you know what I'm saying mm-hmm. so You need to be focused on what you can do and go forward. If there's something you did that makes it, well, you're not, you can't run for office. When that's between you and it, but that's probably not. Right,
3: right. Mm -hmm.
1: So what's being is, is that these scare tactics tactics that they're doing on me, to me, that's racism. Because what it tells other black people is like, man, I don't want to run. They're going to come at me. But let me tell you what, it ain't working. Mm -hmm. I'm winning by a lot. Because people are seeing that as, hey, wait a minute, I got problems too. We all got problems, like, why y'all come with this man? He's trying to feed the community. He's trying to clothe the poor. He's trying to do these things. And y'all coming at him with because he forgot he paid he was late on his taxes on 12. And you ain't got to worry about them digging up your past, brother. I don't have a pass, and they'll make one up for you. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, and I should have I I I guess rephrased that. And I'm not saying I I did have one or I, just kind of a scenario. But like um even like you were saying, the aggressive and all that, I feel like something would be made up to an extent like okay and I'm like oh well, if pe- people know me can vouch you know and the record speaks for itself as far as how I am with people never questionable character or anything like that you know
1: well it it doesn't matter what they say yeah it's what you do right you out doing the right thing mm-hmm. if you outfitting it's hard to beat that the guy yep. running against me he's not doing anything you know why because there's so many people that are scared of a black person getting power. They're going to vote for him yep. just because he's not me. Exactly. So so even though I got massive numbers, he's right there with me. You know? Right. win. And, and, and not for really so if he does. But what I'm saying is, though, I've gotten a chance to beat thousands of people. Mm-hmm. I have fed thousands of people, man. I've clothed people. I've helped people. And this guy hasn't done anything. But just because he's not me... He's got lots of votes. Yeah. Because he's not a man of color. He's mm-hmm. got some closet, ra- you can closet races that they're not going to say anything, but they're going to go to polls and they're going to vote for him. And the guy, may, the guy may win the election, brother, but let me tell you, I've already won.
3: There you because
1: go. Because a good coach will tell you, a mm-hmm. good coach will tell you right now that it doesn't matter the final score. It matters if you, if, you, if you carry your game plan out, you put the hay in the barn, and then you go out there and you perform. And you play your best game. And I know it's not what everybody wants to hear. But sometimes in life, man, performance is everything to show where you're at. You can't control the outcome, right? Alabama, for years you watched them and they look unbeatable,
3: mm-hmm. right? Yep.
1: But if if you took them the very next week and you played the New England Patriots, they're going to get beat.
3: Yeah.
1: I mean, I, I, I I'm, a lot of people would tell me, you don't know football. If you think that it would be, be close to a game, like, well, Alabama's got, you know, 12 players to go to the NFL. The New England Patriots got every single player and their backups and their third strings that go to the NFL, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? So right. they're going to get beat, right? And it has nothing to do with the game they played. It was the opponent they played against and where they played at, right? right? So I can't tell you I'm going to win the election. So my, my, my goal was not to win the election, right? My mm-hmm. goal was to expose racism, corruption, uh, the importance of voting, and the importance of getting minorities out to vote. And we've done all that in three weeks. Now we're just riding a damn wave to see, if, you know, who's going to get the seat at the end. I could care less at this point. I've yeah. already got my point across.
3: Yeah,
1: you know, Brock lost his first three bad. Mm-hmm. So it's not about winning, and losing. I've already won. Now, who gets the votes? That depends on the corruption and racism, how deep it is here. That's where it all comes down to.
0: Right. Well, man uh kind kind of winding down here kind of just uh tell us uh what ward you're warning, uh you're running in there in Springdale and, and, and kind of uh, we're coming to a close uh, got any final words for our, our listeners here
1: Man uh, I'm running for Ward 4 C2 in Springdale um but in our city it's kind of different it runs the whole the whole city you know what I mean but that's my main word, and, and and I think closing, what I tell anybody is that with how nasty everything is right now, it's just so easy to be nasty and ugly. And, and I just pray people find that common courtesy and compassion, you know, to, to be respectful to people no matter what their views are because in November, it doesn't matter who our president's going to be. I don't want to live four more years like this.
0: Right.
1: I mean, this is miserable. I don't know about where you're at, but here it's miserable, man. Yeah. Okay? And uh, it's getting worse. So, but to take this little tidbit, we should be proud in how far we came as a nation. We should take pride in that. But we should have faith in how far we can go if we if we unite and we we begin to care for each other and bring back humanity, the the sky's the limit if we do that. And I want people to think about that, dog, for real. Um, When times are hard, don't throw in the towel. Use it to wipe your sweat and keep going. Um, If you wake up tomorrow, man, win. Mm -hmm. If you lose today, wake up tomorrow and win that one. Life is really simple, man greatness dog is not a championship you see this so those championships up there
3: yeah
1: i'm to feel that mm-hmm. all over i ain't got no room for them. And this is this is, not, this is my office Ain't like my trophy room, right yeah but those things don't do anything but collect dust and those are a byproduct of something great greatness is simple greatness is just good things done right over and over and over and over and over again and that brings the byproducts of greatness so with that being said, greatness is in everybody. Greatness is in you, is in me. It's our choice to, when we walk by that trash on the ground, if we say, we did, that's not my trash. Or do we pick it up throwing the dumpster? Mm-hmm. You see, that's greatness. Making a choice to get up early and go to work every day. That's greatness. Being polite, that's greatness. And you do it over and over and over, the byproduct will come. So with all that being said, man, wake up and be great. Wake up and be great, man.
0: Man, I appreciate yeah, I, you being on, man. A, a great champion of the community. uh, And like you said, man, prepare, prepare, pre- uh, perform. Uh, Best of luck, man. Ho- hopefully um, some change comes up in Springdale. I know it's needing some change, man, for some time now. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, man, thank you, Coach V, for being on and uh, continue to do the work in the community, bro. Ron, it's an honor.
1: Anything I can ever do to help you, let me know, man. Keep in touch, brother. Much
0: I, love. I sure will. Appreciate everything, brother. Next All right, peace. All right. All right.